Welcome to the River D Centre podcast. Listen back to the Sunday worship message recorded live in our church building in Flint, North Wales. dad joke, a granddad joke now. Uh, Luke and Abigail say, well, what are we doing? Where are we going, Gramps? And I'll say, uh, well, such and such are we going. And I'll say, follow me, walk this way. And I do uh, <laughs> and I'm looking behind, you know, that's in front of everyone outside, you know. I think it's wearing a bit thin now, especially with Luke. I might give that up in a, a year or two, you know. Praise God. So, um, Zach, we've got some stuff at the back there. If you just want to Put my picture of my dad. Okay, I'm going to talk about my dad. Uh, this, is, uh, this is my dad. And I'm going to try and relate that to some of the points uh, of Father's Day. Um, as, I, as we know, it's Father's Day today. And uh, I just wanted just to talk a little bit about my dad. Now, I do understand that some, some of us here might have, I've spoken to one or two even this morning, that haven't got the greatest... Uh, memories of, of the parents or the dad so you know if we can just put that to one side you know because what I'm trying to get to is is the father in heaven this morning uh, but I just wanted to talk a little bit about my dad and just pick up a few stories and then relate them uh, to the bible to the word of God everybody with me on that okay so my dad's name uh, was Jeff uh, short for Gerald uh, Gerald Harms I think he was born in Aston, and I tried to speak to my mum this week, and I couldn't get any sense out of her, but I think he was born in a wooden house in Upper Upper Aston somewhere in 1931, up Wet Lane that way, yeah, and his nickname was the Tombstone Kid in school, because he had great big uh, sticky-out teeth, you know, and, that's, and, and now we know why me my brother, my twin sisters, we all had to go to the dentist nearly every week and had braces. I think they had to do an extra shift at the steelworks to get the amount of steel that they used for our braces in our family. Um, <clears throat> my dad loved cars. Uh, that's where I get it from. Uh, my dad, uh, I wasn't quite as fanatical as my dad. He had 38 cars in his life. And he'd have one, and he didn't like it. He took it back the next week. <laughs> It drove me more mad, I think. Uh, he bought a VW Beetle once. And we all tried to get in it. And the six of us couldn't get in it. So we had to take that back the next week, you know. So, yeah. Um, you know, when I think back, um, there was no bad stories of being hit or harsh discipline or anything like that. Just an ordinary family. And uh, talking to my siblings, you know, we, we appreciate uh, my dad. I'm a mum. He worked very hard. Um, he loved kids. He loved grandkids. Um, and just a short testimony about my dad uh, coming to know the Lord. It, we were all brought up Catholics. And my dad was, uh, I wouldn't say he's a strong Catholic, but we went to, we went to Catholic church every week. And um, we suddenly became Christians, and we had this church going, uh, Deeside Christian Fellowship, all those years ago. I think you're probably, Phil, you're talking about Deeside Christian Fellowship 
with the little baby that you brought, your, your daughter, Annalise. Yeah, all those years ago. And um, all of a sudden, uh, he came, my mum and dad came along to a Louis Palau, uh, we don't like to word, use the word crusade, but it was like a crusade, it was like a, a, a set of meetings, and they became Christians. To our absolute dumbfounded unbelief, they came down to the front, they gave their lives to the Lord, and my dad, you know, were, were following the Lord. So two things I remember about my dad and his conversion. Um, he had a Bible verse uh, that was a defining revelation about who Jesus was. And to him, Jesus was the door. So in John 10, verse 7 and 9, says this. Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. And my dad, bless him, that was his verse, uh, part of his testimony of uh, coming to know the Lord. Uh, second thing I remember about his conversion is, um, you know, it's just, it was such a shock, you know. And a, he, he, like, I had to kick myself that he was coming to the prayer meeting. You know, I just couldn't believe it. You know, it's just absolutely wonderful. Uh, but what happened was he was 57 and <clears throat> he'd been to the Roman Catholic Church all his life. And I can remember saying to Jane, I am not gonna I'm not gonna tell my daddy's gotta leave the Catholic Church and come and join our new church, the Deeside Christian Fellowship. God's gotta do that. Within one week, my dad came along and he just said that he felt he should leave the Roman Catholic Church and join the new church that we were all in. And some of you here this morning were in that first church. Um, he was a bit upset though because after being a, li a lifelong member, 57 years in that local church uh, of, of the Christian, uh, the Catholic Church, no one ever followed him up. Uh, the priest didn't even come. You know, we had visions of the priest coming and giving him a good old talking to him, getting him back to, to the Catholic Church, but nothing. So it was bittersweet in that sense. So. I just want to <clears throat> talk a little bit about some of the stuff uh, that I can remember with my dad. Um, the first one was he carried us, he carried me and my brother at one point. We went on a walk uh, to Hilbury Island in the River Dee estuary here. And I can remember going with my dad, just me, Phil, my brother and my dad. And um, we had vivid, mem vivid memory of my dad taken us for this walk across the sands to reach Hilbury Island at low tide. I stress, at low tide. However, he hadn't quite heard, um, studied the whole tide table that day. And uh, as we were coming back, the tide rushed around us and uh, blocked our way back. So looking around, my dad had to put us, each of us one at a time on, our shoulder, on his shoulder and then Wade, and I can remember the water being up to his waist, you know, and then he went and got my brother Phil, plonked us down, and then we got to dry sand, and then he looked around and he thought, oh, that, that I could have come that way. There was a path that he could have come that wasn't flooded. Uh, so that was just really funny. But this made me think 
as I'm preparing this morning, that the Bible teaches us that Jesus carries away something from us. Now, Jesus doesn't carry us. When we become a Christian, he sets us upon our feet and he says, get on with it. And, you know, Jesus isn't a mule, a donkey that carries us through our Christian life. He picks us up, and, but he does carry something away for us. And the Bible teaches that Jesus carries away our reproach by taking it to the cross in his own suffering. Now, what does that word reproach? Uh, when was the last time you used that word reproach or even heard it being said in our English language? Anyone? Quite recently? No, we don't use it, do we? So what does reproach mean? Well, reproach means this. It means to admonish, to chide, to rebuke, to reprimand, or to reprove. Uh, while all these words mean to criticize adversely, reproach also suggests displeasure or disappointment expressed in reproofing or scolding a child or a son or a daughter. So we know that somewhere in, 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 the, in the, our lives, this, this has been evident. That might have been your story growing up with your mum and dad. Uh, but we know that something of a reproach was upon us. And in Hebrews it says this. Uh, Hebrews 13.12 says, Therefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered outside the gate, outside Jerusalem, on Calvary. Therefore let us go forth to him outside the camp, bearing his reproach, to, that, to identify with Christ. Because it says in the Bible that Jesus took our reproach and bore it on the cross as his own, as if it was his own. God really, really loves us and wants to forgive us, to help us, and to lift us up. Our reproach because of sin hung over us like a dark cloud. But our reproach became his reproach, and he carries it away from us. And um, he doesn't carry us all away. He, he wants us to stand on our own feet. But he did this for us so that we can stand up and walk the Christian life um, in all that we do and all that he has got for us. So he carries that reproach away from us, the handwriting that was against us, you know, that the risk that was there, you were a sinner, you're a sinner, we're all sinners. But that reproach and that displeasure and that disapproval of sin was put on Jesus on the cross. Our reproach was taken and made his reproach for us. Praise God. Okay, my second, uh, my second point. Uh, my dad used to work very hard. Can you put up the next one? We're, we're, we're babies. Okay, that's my mum. Uh, and there's me and me, me brother there. You know, so we had one set of twins, then she had another set of twins nine and a half years later. And, it, you know, it, my dad used to have to work very hard. He had multiple jobs. Because of two sets of twins, unheard of in those days. Uh, I did have to send a, an email to ask my sister, when, when were they actually born? I thought it was 66, but they were born in 1967. My twin sisters, Karen and Judith, were born. And, you know, two sets of twins then, it was very, very rare. It was 
So there was a photo in the D-side advertiser, which I think we've got still somewhere, uh, of, of us all lined up on the settee and we're holding babies, you know, me and my brother, six of us there. And uh, my dad was really, really proud uh, of that. The only thing is, my mum and dad always said, they said, oh, we, I don't think you know this, but we only ever wanted one boy or one girl. And we, it's just a joke in the family, that. But which twin did they want? Which, which twin girl did they want? Yeah. So, yeah, my dad worked very hard. He worked in the steelworks. But he always had a couple of extra jobs. Uh, I would help my dad going around sometimes, doing one of his, two of his jobs, actually. Um, does anyone remember this? I think you have to be quite, you know, a little bit older to remember this, but... Um, one of my jobs was he'd go round knocking on doors, he'd go in, and on the mantelpiece, on the, the fireplace, there was a clock. And he'd lift the clock up and then take the money out. So it was an insurance policy. So this clock was like a piggy bank, but it was also a clock. And, they, and then when they entered, that, that was a way of paying their insurance policy that they had. And so he'd go emptying all these piggy bank clocks, you know. <laughs> The other thing is, uh, he used to deliver, I think it was a D-side advertiser or whatever it was, and he'd be in the van, and for every shop drop, I'd, I'd get out. He was the driver, and I'd get out and deliver the... By the time I got home, I was, I was dizzy, absolutely dizzy, going around all these shops in D-side. So it, it just... I just think back, and, you know, I didn't see... You know, my dad was close to my mum, and he had all these jobs, and... Was I close to my dad all the time? No, uh, he was always very busy. Uh, but I do remember that he worked hard for us. Uh, this reminds me of how hard the Heavenly Father works on our behalf for you and for me. Even when we don't know it, God is at work. You know, a bit like your mum and dad uh, working hard when you grew up and perhaps you didn't know everything that they did for you and how hard they actually did work behind the scenes, doing those days and those shifts. Uh, there's a song that we sing, isn't it? You know, God is working even when we don't see it. I uh, just picked a couple of verses. Psalm 74, 12 says this, For God is my king from of old, working salvation in the midst of the earth. You know, we don't really, we think that everything happens in four walls of a church. You know, God's bigger than that. Uh, he's, he, you can't put God in a box and say that. It's only in this box where God works. God is working everywhere. And he, he's working in the places where you would not ever, ever dream of, of thinking that God would work in those places, but he does. And he draws people to himself. Uh, Jesus said in John five sixteen, For this reason the Jews persecuted Jesus, and sought to kill him, because he had done these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, My father has been working until now, and I have been working. They didn't believe that Jesus, uh, that God could do anything on the Sabbath. Not even God. You know, not, never mind them. But, you know, oh, God shouldn't heal on a Sunday. And that's, that was their box that they were trying to put God into. But, you know, we can never uh, really fully appreciate, we will never know what God has done for us and how he's worked for us until we get to see him, until, until we get to heaven. 
Or as Ben says, you know, we meet Jesus, and we've met Jesus, we've met the Father. And we will know then what he did for us and how he, he covered us, he covered our backs, and he kept us from shame and delivered us from such great trauma that we didn't even know was there, just around the corner, just in front of us. Okay, uh, next picture, uh, Zach. Got it there. So we, we noticed this, uh, we're talking in our family, that my, my dad really loved my mum. And, um, you know, it, it's, uh, it's strange that most of, the, most of the photographs of my mum and dad, my dad's not looking in the camera, he's looking at my mum. And it just really struck us, and we, we didn't really notice this until um, sometime, well, quite recently, really. Dad's always looking at my mum, and uh, my sister noted this on a Facebook all the way from Australia, that this is how she remembered my dad. So, you know, my dad's love for my mum has inspired me to love Jane, obviously, but also Jesus' love for me has inspired me to love others and obviously to love God. You know, and I, I understand that some of us might not have come from a family where love was shown. Now, don't get me wrong, me, me, me mum and dad, you know, I still kiss Luke when I see him now and give him a good old hug and a kiss. And I think he's, he's getting just on the edge where I've got to stop that, you know. But, you know, m my dad never kissed us. I don't think my mum ever kissed as much as us. <laughs> Or they never said to me, uh, oh, I love you, Stephen. You know, that never happened. I don't know whether, you know, I think that was just the age that, that we were grow growing up in. But it was a loving family of sorts. And obviously, when you see a picture like this of my mum and dad. Now, I understand that some of you might not have come from, a, 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 you know, quite, you might have come from a very unloving family situation. But when we come to Christ, when we come to the true picture, it's been said this morning, you know, the perfect example and the perfect one, then we know that God has got a true love for us and he is our father. Now, 1 John 3, 1 to 3 says this, Behold, what manner of love the father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. You know, in the Bible, it doesn't say that God is our grandfather or our great-grandfather. To every generation, God is your father, your father, your father. And, you know, if I said to you, who was your great-great-grandfather, you probably don't know. And you've never met him and you don't know him. But hopefully, you know, most of us know our dads and know our fathers and our mothers. And so each generation... God is revealed to us as Father. You know, therefore the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. You know, uh, somebody said this morning, they'd seen the picture before and they said, oh, you look like your dad. You know, uh, we, we, we are like, we've got some DNA, we've got some characteristics uh, from our parents passed down generation by generation. You know, and when we become Christians, God wants to pour 
his DNA into us from the inside out so that we become like him. That's the whole point why you're here this morning is to become like Jesus, to become like God and to know a little bit more each time, you know, just chipping off a little bit of, I don't know why I'm picking Jane, chipping off a little bit of the block, you know, to make us into that uh, beautiful sculptor, you know, that beautiful work of art uh, that God wants. It's the best version of you that you'll ever be in Christ Jesus. Many in this world believe that God of heaven is unloving, cold, judgmental, distant. The list goes on. You know, as I've said before, I'm mindful that some of us may have experience of our earthly parents to be like this. Nevertheless, the true picture of God is one of love and one of the Father. And love, it's his greatest primary characteristic. God is all things, can be all things to, to all of us. You know, if we want a saviour, he's our saviour. If we want a deliverer, he's our deliverer. If we want him to move a mountain or stop a storm, he can stop the storm. You know, if we need, uh, you know, the, the fish multiplied and the bread multiplied, he can do that. He's a multiplier. He's everything. But his primary characteristic is love. And he is a father of love. And, um, yeah, my last point as well. You know, as my dad got a bit older, you know, my dad was quiet. He was, I, I'm, believe it or not, I'm very quiet. And my dad was quiet, and I, I get that from him. And uh, he did have a dry sense of humour. Um, he used to play the piano um, like Les Dawson. If anybody knows Les Dawson, yeah, he's so funny. Anyway, as he got a bit older, he had fits of uncontrollable laughter. Absolutely uncontrolled. Something, something funny would happen, and that would do it. We set him off, and he was just. And he wasn't like that generally, you know. Quite, you know, serious some of the time, a lot of times, you know. And he would have uncontrollable laughter at something that had happened that was funny. We literally had to lead him out of the room like a drunk man. It's true, isn't it? Yeah. This definitely made my dad more human and more fun, and. Um, you know, I think I've inherited some of that dry sense of humour. But, you know, we've got to laugh a bit more. We've got to enjoy the journey a bit more. You know, and I've said this before and I'll say it again this morning. We'll get to heaven and the Lord will say to you, yeah, it's good that you're here. You've made it. But you should have had a bit more fun on the way. You should have laughed a bit more. You should have, you should have been a bit more joyful and a bit, you know, you know. It, it wasn't as burdensome as you made it out to be, this Christian life. You've made it, but you could have had a little bit more fun on the way. This reminds me that God wants us to approach him just as we are. And, you know, it's hard to be open and, and have that joy and laughter if we're hiding from who we are. You know, we're human, we're faulty, we're quirky, we're fearfully and wonderful made, wonderfully made in his image. We've got our faults and our foibles. We've got all those things. But, you know, there's something about the human person and the human, uh, you know, that we're all human beings. You know, and if we like intimacy, 
If we like laughter, it's because that's how God made us. You know, and I'm sure, I, I know we can go into certain churches, certain denominations, and it's all very serious. But, you know, we, we don't want us to like have a, a sermon full of jokes, but we are going to laugh and we are going to be joyful and we're going to try and lift people up in the Lord. And how do we know this? Well, a part of the Bible, um, it says a special name for God. And that name is Abba. Now, just forget Norway, Sweden, whatever it is, and that 1970s group. But this word Abba, I think most of us know, it means something very personal. Okay, so now you, I just, I'll read this out, what Abba means. Abba is a colloquial form of address. It's a word, and it's how you address someone. Used by little Jewish children toward their fathers. And is best translated Papa or Daddy. This opened up the possibility of undreamt of, unheard of intimacy with God. In any other great world religion, it is unthinkable to address Almighty God as Abba. Or Dad. Or Daddy. Or, or Papa. And uh, it, it just, I think Jesus, we, we forget that, you know, Jesus just blew everyone's mind that they were so caught in this pharisaical thing they didn't even pronounce that they didn't even speak the word of god because it was too holy and they had this picture that god was up here with a big stick ready to hit everyone and the pharisees oh we've got all these lists that if you don't do this and you don't do that god's going to hit you with this big stick and then jesus comes along you can talk you can you can you can call god dad he wants you to call him daddy. He wants you to call him an intimate name, papa. He wants you to be close to him. And um, we know that when the, when the disciples said to Jesus, teach us how to pray, he didn't say, uh, this is what you've got to say, our great God in heaven so far away, or our mighty warrior God of the forces of all the universe, Far away with a big stick. No, he said, our Father, who art in heaven. And he wanted them to be intimate with God on a friendship basis. Funny, and you walk into a room with all people and they say, do you, know, do you know such and such a person? Oh, I know who they are, but I don't know them and I don't think they know me. Well, I'll come and introduce you to this person. And, they, they, and then when you get talking, suddenly you know them. And that's evangelism. <clears throat> that is why we're here. We come, we gather, and then we scatter. We all go home, have our Sunday lunch, start again on a Monday, meet people, talk to people, talk to family, and we invite them. Well, we try to invite them to meet Jesus. <clears throat> Excuse me. Don't be afraid to change your mind about God. That's what repentance means. Repentance just means I'm going to change my mind. You know, and some people don't like changing their minds. Um, but when we repent, we change our mind about who God is when it comes to Jesus. And as 
Ben said this morning to the family spot there, if we've met Jesus, we've met the Father. And Jesus portrays all the characteristics of his Father. And what he says is what the Father says. Shall we stand? I'm just going to read the conclusion over us. And it's not scripture. This is a song that we used to sing um, a long, long time ago. Let's bow our heads. And I will pray after I've read this out. Father God, I wonder how I managed to exist without the knowledge of your parenthood and your loving care. Now I am your son, your daughter. I am adopted in your family and I can never be alone because Father God, you're there beside me. I will sing your praises. I will sing your praises forevermore. Lord, I pray that you would be with everyone this morning. Lord, whatever memory or knowledge or understanding of their earthly father, we pray that we will look through to you, to Jesus, and who Jesus was pointing to when he was here. If you've seen me, you've seen the father. And Lord, that you are primarily a father, a loving father, that your characteristic is love and that you love us deeply and that you want to give us the way forward for us. That's why Jesus said, I am the way, I am the life, I am the truth. And in you, Father God, we know that we exist and have our being and you have cared for us. And we, as a song says there, we will not be alone. You will be with us through all things, through the ups and downs. You will be with us now and forevermore. We praise you, Lord. We love you. We thank you for all the dads and the granddads and the great granddads that might be represented in our community of faith here at River Dee. And we thank you for our, our mums and our dads that brought us up, however they did it, maybe with their faults and their foibles, their failings, but Lord, their good things that they passed on to us. We thank you that we stand here today before you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God.